0: welcome back to the podcast. This is But What's Next with me, Michelle Reed. Today's episode is a really fun one because it's going to be about relationships. I know I talk a lot about kind of career stuff here, but I think that relationships are a big part of growing up and just figuring out what's next for your life. And so I wanted to do a whole episode on this because I just think that it's really important and the way that you interact with people that you are romantically attracted to I think is a big part of life and so I get a lot of questions about just relationships and dating and so I thought that this would be a nice applicable episode and also for this episode it was fun because I love listening to my friend Katie Bellotti's podcast and she does this style where it's more like dear Katie And people actually send in kind of lengthy questions that go a little bit more in depth about certain subjects. And so instead of just a simple question, they're kind of longer. And so I've incorporated a few of these that you guys actually emailed me. And for these episodes, I always just ask on my Instagram, which is at Michelle Reed. If you guys ever want to be a part of it, just follow me on there. I just kind of ask for questions and answer the ones that I get and I wanted to answer most of the ones that were emailed to me because I think if someone takes the time to send a very lengthy paragraph the least I can do is respond to it so most of the questions are going to be that style before I actually go into it I just wanted to say that my worldview and how I view dating is likely going to be different than other people's and that is totally okay you will notice that a lot of these questions are people asking from a faith perspective because I am a Christian and that frames the way that I date and the way that I view relationships and so most of you know my opinions are going to be framed by that and so I just wanted that to be known. I think it's important before answering questions that you kind of express your bias or your worldview because we all have one and it shapes the way that we view important things and so that is mine so i just want that to be known i'm answering a lot of questions though a lot of them are from people who are similarly christians that's just because that's a big part of my audience because it's something that i talk about but i think it can still be applicable even if you aren't it's just kind of more intentional dating and that is the way that i view things so I'm gonna go ahead and get right into them. So this first one reads, so my boyfriend and I have been dating for almost six months. We have known each other for almost 10 years, but we were never friends until this year. To give you a little info, he is a little older than I am. He is 26 and I just turned 20. He is the associate pastor at my church. I've just had some concerns and I don't know how the best way to go about it would be. Like I have said, we have dated for almost six months and he has not even once said he loves me or even kissed me for that matter. It just kind of hurts a little because I feel by now you should know how you feel about each other. I could be overreacting, but what are your thoughts for these kinds of things? I have a few opinions on this. I think for one, there is a little bit of an age gap, so... He's 26, you're 20, and that might be a reason why he isn't necessarily acting, you know, right on his feelings or the way that he feels. Maybe he's worried that you will perceive it a certain way. Maybe he's worried that it's going a little bit too fast since maybe you're a bit younger. I don't think that age gaps are like a bad thing by any means, but I do think it's something you should talk about and maybe ask if that's a reason why he's holding off a little bit. I will say that six months isn't that long. I think you obviously should know how you feel about someone at that point. I wouldn't expect someone to actually say they loved you within six months and see that as a red flag if they haven't because a lot of people wait, you know, a year to say that they love someone and I think that everyone's different and that's fine. I mean, I guess with the kissing thing, everyone's different. Some people wait a very long time to kiss. I had my first kiss with my fiance, Aiden, a month into dating, so we kind of went, a little bit faster I would say but I think that everyone's just different and if it's something that is bothering you you should be able to talk to this person about it and I know it can be scary when you're just friends and I'm a big proponent of just talking about it because I was listening to some like podcast or something but he was talking about if something bothers you for five minutes a day, every single day, if you add up that time across, you know, a year, that's so much wasted time that you spent worrying about something, if you could just fix it. And I think he was talking about simple things like your house being dirty or something, but I think it applies to relationships too. Like if this is something that is on your conscious and you're thinking about, even the fact that you typed this out to send me, you are thinking about it. I know you also asked if he should just take the lead or if you should bring it up to him and I think that you should definitely bring it up to him I don't think you need to wait for him to I was listening to a sermon one time where the pastor said that leaders clarify confusion and that has always been just a big big important piece of advice for me just with dating if you're with someone who isn't clarifying their intentions who isn't making their intentions clear and maybe that's just because they're not ready and that's fine. But you should know if you're looking for something more than they're looking for. Advice for not fitting in with your boyfriend's family. This one is very hard. (laughs) It's very hard because I don't think that you can just force yourself to fit in with people who you don't. But it is hard when it is your boyfriend's family. I'd be interested to hear how long you've been dating your boyfriend. If you've been dating for like a year and it still feels like you don't fit in. You know, maybe that's a time to actually talk to your boyfriend and voice... Why you don't feel like you fit in? Do you not feel included? Do you not feel welcomed? Is there something that you can change about the way that you hang out with them? Obviously, everyone has different priorities, activities, and values, and that's a big part of the reason why you may not fit in with them, and so it's really hard because I think if you don't fit in at all and you're totally different, you should just know that the more you spend with this person, you are going to be spending more time with their family as well. And so it is pretty important to make sure that you do get along maybe just make an effort if there's something that they like to do that maybe you don't like to do just do it not to fit in but do it because it shows that you care about what they enjoy and you're making an effort to enjoy it with them but if your boyfriend really cares about you and you're not feeling like you fit in he should try to make you feel accommodated and try to make you feel like you are welcome so i would just talk to him again communication just bring it up and make it known to him you don't necessarily have to be the exact same as someone's family but I do think you can enjoy what they do just out of respect for them I love this question because I think it actually is so important for dating, and it's not something that people talk about, but it says, what examples of love did you have growing up that influence how you now view love? And I think that the relationship you have with your parents or just past relationships really shapes how you view love. My parents have been married for over 30 years. I don't know how long. Actually, I think it's like 40 years. I honestly do not know, but They've been married for a long time, and they're still together, and to me, I think that their marriage is a big reason why I, you know, I'm getting married at 22 is a big reason why I have hope for marriage. My parents just have a very solid relationship in a way that my parents never, like, undermine each other in public. They never, you know, talk badly about the other person around one of us. My parents just have a very trusted relationship, but at the same time, my parents have always, Kind of prioritize also having their own hobbies and their things that they do alone like my dad golf all the time by himself and that's his thing and my mom just has things that she enjoys too that she does on her own and i think it really showed me how healthy relationships are a balance of you know not always being with the other person but also having a healthy dose of your own individuality and it's something that i really want to incorporate into my marriage here soon and they've been a really good just example for me in terms of finances i think my parents have done a good job about not arguing about finances at least i never knew my parents didn't really argue in front of us as kids so it's just not something that i saw them arguing about growing up but my parents always trusted each other with money it was never a sense of you know this is my money and this is your money and i think that's a big big thing that i plan on incorporating into our marriage. I got a lot of questions about finances and even a lot about you know how are you splitting expenses when you're moving in. I just don't view our money right now as like this is the money that I'm making and this is the money that you're making. To me that works for some people and that is totally fine if that works for you But there's a sense of just transparency and trust when your money is shared and, you know, you have a budget, you are transparent about expenses, and I just think it's healthy doing it that way. And so I just think that, you know, we're buying stuff for our home together and so it's not like, oh, this is my thing, this is your thing. And so that was something that my parents, I just felt always kind of incorporated growing up. And my parents waited a little bit to have kids. My mom was 28 when she started having us and I am the youngest of five. So they definitely had a lot of kids. But I think that my parents really took their early years of marriage just to, first off, just work really hard. My dad, I think, started off selling furniture. and That was like his job and then got into the radio industry and now he's just really really great at his job and my mom was a teacher and so my parents with their early years of marriage like they did not have a lot of money they just worked really hard they didn't do fancy things but they always just loved each other and it kind of showed me that they didn't need all the extra stuff to be satisfied with themselves but still just had a really healthy marriage and have gone through a lot of moves together and I think whenever you move with someone it just shows the trust that you have with them. My mom never resented my dad when he had to switch jobs and she moved to a new place. They just had a very loving healthy marriage and it's a big reason why I believe in love if you will and a big reason why i'm just excited to get married so this one says hey girl right now i've been thinking and praying about moving to a place where my dating life could thrive or the place where i could meet the one before moving to new york city did you ever feel like that was going to be the place where you would meet the one did you think you and your fiance's paths would ever cross if you never moved to new york city and what's your belief on soulmates so this is a pretty loaded question i would say just right off the bat I do not believe in soulmates. I don't believe there is, you know, one person out there for you. I can't imagine not being with Aiden, and I just can't comprehend it. But from, like, a Christian perspective, I don't think that there's just one, you know, single person out there for you. And maybe you marry the wrong person, and it's because you didn't find your soulmate. That's just not something I believe. I think that puts a lot of pressure on people when they're dating and just makes them question a lot. And a lot of the questions I'll go into are just kind of about, you know, how do I find the one? And my friends Chad and Tori Masters on YouTube, they're a Christian couple. I love them. They did a whole video on this and I'd highly recommend watching it. I'll link it in the show notes. But they talk a lot about this concept of soulmates and it's just not personally something I believe in. If you do, that is cool. I just feel like it would put so much pressure on, you know, finding the right person. I don't know if I would have met him if we weren't in New York City. I don't assume if I had never met there or if I had never moved there because I don't think I would have met him, which is just a crazy thing to think about. And I would just encourage you, you talked about wanting to move somewhere to date. I think that you should move somewhere because you feel like there is opportunity for you there, but not necessarily because... There's, you know, a lot of young adults where you could date or something because I am a firm believer that you can find someone to date, to have a relationship with when you are satisfied in yourself, when, you know, me as a Christian, satisfied in my relationship with God, satisfied where I'm at. And I think when you're focusing on bettering yourself in terms of having, you know, friendships, having a healthy relationship with working out and eating healthy and you know, you're working and you have all these other things in place that you're working towards, it's really attractive for someone else to see that in someone. Like, I think about it, if I was just sitting here thinking, I want a boyfriend, I want a boyfriend, I want a boyfriend, it's going to be hard to find someone who's attracted to that because in me, I'm like, okay, I want someone who is ambitious, who, you know, has goals, who's working towards something and that's not necessarily to get a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. And so, I would just encourage you to move if you want to moving is so good like my move to New York City was one of the best things I've ever done I have a whole episode on that if you guys want to listen but you should be moving for yourself not for dating I think that moving within a relationship like say your boyfriend girlfriend gets a job and you move I think that's different but I don't think you should move to find someone unless you really think that that's the way to go but my personal opinion is you should move for you And not for someone who maybe doesn't exist yet so i'm 23 and i broke up with my first love of seven years last year and i'm just now starting to date again i cannot believe seven years that's crazy she says however i'm finding it hard to trust this new guy i miss being known fully and having that safe haven feeling this new guy is great and i really like him a lot but is it a red flag that i don't have that deep connection after a few months or is that an unrealistic expectation so right off the bat I just want to say I'm so sorry. That's so rough. Dating someone for seven years and breaking up. You must have been 16 when you met. That's, oh, that's so crazy. But I totally feel that's really hard. I will say you're not going to feel that same connection with someone after a few months that you felt with this guy for seven years. And I totally relate. That safe haven feeling is one of the most beautiful things in a relationship when you get to a point where fully lean on and you're just fully known. Like this person doesn't have to ask about your thoughts because they know when something happens. Like that's such a sacred feeling that you have with someone and you know you have to think you had that with this guy because you dated him for so long. There's so much time to get to know him, to get to know his heart, for him to get to know your heart and you're not going to feel that immediately with someone new you're just not going to and so if you feel that you don't like this guy after a few months if you just feel like he's not the kind of person for you i think that's one thing and you shouldn't waste time getting to know someone who you don't like but if you are just searching for that safe haven feeling and you want to be fully known I do think that that takes time and you kind of have to trust yourself. So maybe ask if you are ready to be in a relationship, if you are still in the phase where you're comparing this guy to your ex. Maybe it's just question if it's the right time, but I do think you should give it time with this guy if you think that it could get into that kind of sort of safe haven feeling. So I think that this question is really good, but it says, without invading your privacy, could you please explain how your relationship now is clearly a forever thing? in comparison to your previous relationship. I'm 21 and for the past three years, I've been dating what you call a nice guy and it's been wonderful and respectful and lovely. However, sometimes I felt I've been missing something and I can't quite pinpoint what that is. He treats me so well, we love each other and he gives me the space and independence I need. There's honestly nothing wrong. I'm also not the type to fall for bad boys or jump from one relationship to another. Would just love to know how you felt that your previous relationship wasn't quite it and how you're sure this one is. I don't mean to intrude on your privacy, I've just wondered what changed for you in your last relationship and if that might be the same as what I'm feeling. So I've only ever dated two people in my life, which I know is really crazy for some people, but my past relationship was three years and this one we've been dating for about four years. For one, I was in high school then, so I think that in high school you just aren't thinking about the things that you're thinking about when you're older things about you know is this someone I want to be with for the rest of my life is this someone that I trust with you know our children one day is this someone who you know I feel is committed to provide for me and my family alongside of me You know, these are questions that I think you think about as you get older, but I think the biggest difference I felt just with my relationship now was a sense of maturity. And I think that I was dating a guy in high school, like there was no sense of, I am ready to marry someone. And I've always been, you know, a proponent of intentional dating, but I do think in high school, it's a bit different than when you're in college. I think it can be hard when, you know, it's a guy who is nice, who's friendly, who treats you well, who loves you. But I do understand that feeling of it's just someone who's nice. And I think that you should... I forgot who I was talking to. One time I was explaining um, it to someone. And I started saying, oh, he's nice. And oh, it was one of my old co-workers. And she was like, Michelle, we don't just date nice guys. And I obviously hadn't explained the other characteristics. I just didn't know how to start. But I remember her distinctly saying that. And I just thought, you know, that's true. You should be dating someone for much deeper values than just someone being nice. And I think that that romantic attraction was based on much deeper things versus him just being nice. And I don't know how to describe that. There's not a good way to put it into words. And it's just something that I think you do feel, but I do think it's something that is important. And then obviously as a Christian, you know, someone who loves God, who pursues God, who loves God more than he loves me, all those things are much more important. And those are defining factors of as well, just for me. So this one says, I've been dating this boy for a little over a year and we are very serious. I've talked about marriage, kids, living, etc. But he is the first only serious boyfriend I have ever had. I'm 21 years old and sometimes get conflicted about where, what I want to do with my life. Sometimes I think I know exactly what I want. Other times I think I'm so young and shouldn't settle for anything. I love him so much, but sometimes I catch myself wondering how do I know if he's the one, if he's the only thing I know. What if there's something else out there beyond my little circle of what I know? This question, I think, really goes off the last one I just answered. But if you are sitting there questioning what else is out there, that is a red flag. That may just be because you're young, you're 21. And I know I was engaged when I was 21, but everyone is different and some people do need to experience multiple things in their life to figure out what they want and if you don't know what you want if you're still questioning i mean you're 21 years old you've dated one person and it seems like this has just been over a year so it's not something that's been years upon years you know maybe just have a come to jesus moment with yourself and you know question if you should act on that if you should figure out what you want even if that's not in a relationship Maybe you just don't know what you want in your career, what you want after college, or I don't know if you're in college, but what you want to do with your life. And sometimes it can be hard to figure out those questions when you are tied down to a person. I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I was the same age when I got engaged, but I did have a clear sense of what I wanted in my life. I didn't have to question about my career at this point. I had just quit my job, which is a decision that I made for myself. I didn't make for anyone else. It was a decision that I made and I knew what I wanted to do with my life after that and I felt ready to commit to a relationship in the sense of marriage after that. And so I think it's very important to figure out what you want as a person and it will only make your relationship better when you're satisfied in that. So maybe just talk with this guy. I know it's sad. It seems like you really love him but if you are wondering if there's something out there that's different, I think that that's not going to help him because he's never going to feel enough if you're wondering if there's something better, even though you may never actually voice that. It's just like a thought you have in your head. How do you and Aiden deal with going too far in terms of crossing your set boundaries? Not really talking about having sex, but kissing for too long, making out too hard. My fiance and I have found ourselves struggling with this, especially now that marriage is so close for us. Help. So I get this one very often. And that's because we are waiting until marriage, which is just a personal decision we made. I can't be the person to tell people their boundaries. And I get this question a lot. And it was actually one of the number one questions that I got. You can't have someone else set your boundaries for you. It has to be something that you make together that you both commit to and that you both feel confident in and cannot tell you don't touch him there. Don't touch her there. (laughs) Like that's just not... How I work, and even in sermons that I listen to, it's never okay. This is what you shouldn't be doing, you know. And so, this one's really hard for me to question. I will just say, you know, when something feels like it's too far for you personally, you just know in your gut, and then you just reverse and you don't do that again. So, (laughs) I don't know really how to explain this any further. I'm a big proponent of eliminating the temptation from the beginning so don't put yourself in a situation where you are going to mess up on your boundary but that's just me and i know this question or this answer did not help at all but that is the best answer i can give so this one says how do you maintain a christian relationship to be healthy do you share devotionals or do quiet time or read the bible together when i was with my ex he always wanted to sit down and read the word with me but a part of me felt uncomfortable because i didn't want to one him to worry about me. And two, because his opinions would always be biased towards me and he wouldn't give me a fair answer. Also, have you ever been attracted to someone who wasn't a man of God? If so, how did you deal with it? And so I think I might have a different answer to this question because I just personally, from my own opinion, I don't like to sit down and do devotions with the person that I'm dating. That is just me personally. I think that there's a sort of intimacy that comes with reading the Bible together and sharing your heart and discussing scripture and sharing prayer requests. And I think that those things in isolation, like in day-to-day life can be good, but just like sitting down for an hour doing a devotional with the person that you're dating, it just seems a little bit close for me. And I think that a lot of times in the Christian world, we talk a lot about physical boundaries, but I also think that spiritual boundaries are just as important. Because for me, I think about would I want the guy who I'm marrying to have done all this and developed this spiritual closeness with someone else before he married me? You know what I'm saying? It just feels like a little bit too close for me. So I think you have a right, if you feel uncomfortable, to not want to do that. And we share prayer requests. We will share things that we're reading individually in our quiet time together. We will share our thoughts on things. We will pray together before meals. But... It's not something to where we have a set devotional together. Now, we did marriage counseling together, so that was kind of like that, but in terms of like premarital counseling, but it wasn't us sitting down. So that's just my personal opinion. I've heard that from a couple of pastors, and I think it's pretty... But I also do think it's important to know where your partner is in his or her faith. So I just wanted to say that too. And you also asked, have you ever been attracted to someone who was a man of God? Um, I've definitely thought someone was attractive before. I'm thinking back, I remember... As I said, I've only had one boyfriend before, but for my dance team, this is so dumb. Looking back, I cannot believe this was a thing, but we had to have, you didn't have to, but it was kind of an unspoken rule to bring a date to our banquet. And freshman year of high school, I was just not someone who was into dating. And even in middle school, I was just never the girl who had like little boyfriends that didn't go anywhere. I was just a late bloomer. And so I was kind of awkward and shy and I was so sad I had to bring someone and so I remember then I tried to message this guy to get him to come with me and he definitely was not a Christian and I thought he was cute but I think that was as far as I've ever been to getting close to someone who wasn't a Christian but I definitely think people are attractive who aren't but I'm not attracted to them in terms of I want to date them because that is something that's just important to me. This one says Do you and Aiden ever fight or argue? If so, about what? When you feel yourself getting heated, how do you de escalate? And I wanted to answer this because I think that arguing, bickering, maybe not fighting full on, is extremely healthy. And I think that it makes you stronger and it also helps your relationship get stronger too. And so, yes, we have definitely argued. And I don't think that that should be like a surprise moment because most people do. Most people, even the influencers you see online, even the Christian ones that look like they have the perfect relationship, they argue too. People just don't talk about it. So I would love to talk about it. But yeah, have ever like full on fought in terms of screaming, yelling, all that. But we do or we have argued before about things and just had really small bickering. The bickering usually comes from one of us being hungry. That's a big thing. Or in New York City, the subway being delayed, being hot and sweaty or tired or walking. I definitely think we argued more in New York City because there were just a lot of external things that were stressful that really put a stress on our relationship. And just being tired and him leaving my apartment late at night because... He wasn't staying the night, had to go back on the subway, just that stuff. I think the biggest thing that we argue about that's like a reoccurring thing, I am very type A and have expectations and like to be on time and like for things to be done a certain way. That is my personality and he is just more of a focuses on one thing is a little bit more forgetful i forget things too (laughs) but i think that those are probably the things that we argue most about and they're just small day-to-day things like i asked him to do something that he forgot to do and it makes me mad so it's usually just petty things but i think de-escalating is really important i actually think it's really healthy to go separate ways for an hour not necessarily to leave and drive somewhere because that could end badly But just kind of sitting alone for an hour and just thinking things through. And I think that that moment of silence kind of brings your heated temper down and allows you to have a better conversation rather than just to go back and forth in circles because you're angry. That's my biggest tip. But yeah, I think it's really healthy to argue. And I always told myself I wanted to be with someone who made me a better person. And I think if you're with someone who challenges you, I'm not talking about in an unhealthy way. I'm not talking about verbal abuse. But there are times when I don't want to do things because I'm scared and I am fearful. A lot of times in college, I was so scared to like email my professors and he would like make me sit down and be like, you're going to email them now because I know you're scared to do this, but it's going to make your life easier. And I would get so mad because I didn't want to do that, but I faced my fears and I did it. And it made me a better person because it made me more confrontational. And I think that that's just an example of, I think it's for one, very healthy to be with someone who actually challenges you. And two, it's kind of attractive when someone like pushes you to get better and to be a better person. I'm not gonna lie, I think that definitely strengthens your attraction to someone too. So that's just my personal opinion. I know everyone's different. But yeah, we're both strong personalities. And so we do argue. And I think that that's Definitely. Okay. And I know some people never argue at all. Everything's light and airy. We're just not chill Personalities <laughs> and so him more so than me. I'm just more Kind of uptight about things. So this one says this is a little long. So bear with me I started dating this guy about four months ago and I really like him We have a lot of the same values and we're both Christians, but we differ on one main thing and that is sex I have had things happen in my past that I don't want to go into but I've been very adamant that I'm waiting until marriage And I asked him if this would be a problem because he told me he has slept with other girls and regretted it. And he said no and that he liked that about me. Fast forward two months and almost every time we are together, he complains about how he wants to do more. And I keep telling him no and that he agreed to that. What should I do? I feel like he isn't respecting me and my values, but I don't want to break up with him. I feel very conflicted in you and I have very similar values. So I was wondering if you could give me some advice. I'm probably going to give advice that you don't like because you said you didn't want to break up with this guy even if you're not a christian this goes for everyone if you don't want to do something you don't want to do something and you're not going to do it like it's as simple as that you don't need to explain yourself you don't need to convince this person to not be upset that you don't want to do that you just don't and you need to be with someone who respects that because if they are kind of pushing in a physical sense, they're going to push in a lot of different ways in terms of verbal things in terms of just everything. Like if it starts there, it's going to ease into different parts of your relationship that is not. And so I would say you for wanting to be firm with this guy, it sounds like you already told him, you need to tell him again and tell him if that is going to be a deal breaker that that is a deal breaker and I'm being firm on this because I've seen a lot of just forms of people being coerced to do things that they don't want to do and it breaks my heart because a guy or a girl who respects you who genuinely wants the best for you is not going to push you to do things that you don't want to do and it's as simple as that even if you're a Christian even if you're not a Christian it just works like that And it sounds like you're someone who's very firm in your beliefs and your values, and you want to be with someone who's also firm in their beliefs and their values. And so I would say to have a conversation with him about it, tell him that it makes you very uncomfortable and that it's not respecting you by asking you that. Because if you don't have, and if he does want to do more, then he shouldn't be with you because you're not going to. And if you want to get what you want, then he shouldn't be with you if that's something that he wants and if that's a deal breaker for him but I know it's really hard and I know that it's hard when you like this guy and you think that he is a great person outside of this one thing, but I think that this one thing can ease into other areas too. So I'm so sorry and I know this isn't the advice you want, but I think that it's important to stand your ground. I got this question and it says, what is your opinion on porn and your significant other watching it? And I know that this is kind of a sensitive topic. It's one that People have very different opinions on so this is just mine I know everyone's different and I know a lot of people normalize watching porn even in a relationship but just my personal stance is I personally don't watch it and I wouldn't want my significant other watching it either I know people think that that's naive but there are people out there who do not watch porn Contrary to popular belief, Um, I think especially with the sex trafficking awareness we've had recently to see how tied the porn industry is with sex trafficking, it breaks my heart that something, you know, so dark and so evil for so many people is normalized. And I'm literally tearing up talking about this because I've just seen and heard stories about it and it breaks my heart that something so dark and evil is so normalized and has seen as fun and, you know, lighthearted, and it just makes me very sad. And so I get emotional because it is very emotional for a lot of people, but it is something that I usually, you know, ask about within the first bit of a relationship because I do think it's important, and it can be really harmful when someone has unrealistic expectations, i.e. I watch porn and this is what I expect sex to be like, and when it's not like that because nine times out of ten, it's not like it looks like in porn when it's photoshopped and recorded and edited and all these things. That can lead your partner to being disappointed in the way that you perform, disappointed in the way that you look. And I've seen and heard just people very addicted to it and not being able to have sex with their partner because they're used to this kind of highly edited version of it. And it just makes me sad and I think that for me, when I get married, you know, sex is an important part. It's not the only part, but it is a part of a relationship. And I think making sure that that is healthy in the way that it's meant to be is really important. So I know that this is like a controversial thing to talk about, but it makes me confused how people can normalize it after everything that's come out recently. But I know everyone's different, and so if it's something that bothers you, if it's something that... Is going to impact the way you view the other person you should just be transparent and talk about that because it is something that a lot of people do engage in and it's something that women and men are very addicted to so it is something that it's important to talk about if it is something that you think about so this one says what is your first kiss story i don't know if i've ever told this and so i wanted to tell it my first kiss that i ever had i was 16 was i 16 yeah i was 16 and I was dropped off at my house after a movie. It was my first date that I went on with this person. And he kissed me and it was literally like half a second. And it was kind of awkward and it was like one of those awkward first kisses. It was really just like a pet. But my first kiss with my fiance Aiden had really wanted to just like wait a little bit because I just wanted to wait before kissing him and so I will tell this story the first time we were actually walking across the Brooklyn Bridge this was a couple weeks after we had just been hanging out he went to grab my hand and I held it for five seconds and then I literally let go because I was very scared scared of getting into a relationship I kept calling him my friend because I just did not want a boyfriend at this point point. and so after that he kind of knew this girl really wants to take it slow and so we talked for another couple of weeks and then we were sitting on the brooklyn heights promenade such a beautiful place if you guys are in new york city it's so pretty it's we spent so much time there hanging out but we were sitting on a bench and he was just talking to me we would have long conversations until three on this bench and he kissed me and it was such a good first kiss it was not awkward at all it was the first time where I was like, hey, I kind of like kissing because <laughs> so it was such a good first kiss. And I think that's where kind of the romantic attraction started because I just really liked it. It was really good. It was in front of the New York City skyline. I felt like I was in a movie. It literally felt like it was in a movie. And I think because we had waited a solid month, it just felt really special. And I really liked it. So this one says, when should the girl pay for a date? After how many dates? I think it's totally fine for girls to pay for dates. I think expecting a guy to pay for everything when, especially you're in college, is kind of not really nice. I mean, if he wants to pay on the first date, I think that's kind, but I don't think there's like a date where you need to start paying for things. I think that I just gradually started paying for things because... Adam was in college and I was like, I'm not going to drain all this guy's money when I have money too to spend. And so, we would just kind of naturally start trading off who paid for what. This one says, what do you consider red flags in dating? I think a big red flag, and this is something that you should really look to, is just seeing how he or she interacts with other people. Is, I'm just going to say he because I'm talking from my perspective. Is he kind to other people? Is he generous? Does he help other people? Does he get really angry at waiters? Does he get frustrated with waiters? I think that the way that someone treats, especially like service industry workers, is really telling of their character. And so I would really watch out for that. I would also watch out for his friends, see who he surrounds himself with. Likely he's going to have friends that are similar to him and not in like a, this guy is a clone as his friends or anything. But just does he surround himself with people who are uplifting, who are just fun to be around, who are kind, welcoming to you? I think a red flag is anyone who is very controlling and codependent, always has to be with you, who doesn't trust you when you're on your own, someone who doesn't support you spending time alone doing your hobbies, that's a big one. And I think one that a lot of people have issues with when they're first getting into a relationship. I think that those are my biggest red flags. There are probably more, but for me, that's what I really look for in a relationship. This one says, biggest lesson from marriage counseling. I think the biggest lesson that we learn, and by marriage counseling, I mean premarital counseling, which is very normal. A lot of people do it. You talk about finances, intimacy, expectations, just a lot of different things to kind of lead you up. For success in your marriage. And I think a big thing that I learned, and this is something that I struggle with more so than him, and I'm very thankful he does not do this because I do it. But I am someone who really holds people to expectations, and sometimes they're expectations that I don't voice. And that can be extremely harmful when you expect something from someone and they don't even know it and they don't meet it and you feel disappointed and you take that out on them. I think that that's a really unhealthy pattern and something that I've tried to be better at is being just a little more low-key, a little bit more, what is the word that I'm looking for? Easygoing, and that is just not my personality, and so it's something I've had to just work at a little bit, being flexible, that's it. Flexibility. Just kind of being transparent about what you expect of the other person, and just talking about even just simple things, like who's going to do what daily, who's going to take care of the cars, who's going to do X short, like these things seem really petty, but when you're actually living together for a very long time, it really shapes your day-to-day life when you have these things sorted out. So advice on balancing both our goals and dreams while also compromising for each other. I wanted to talk about this one because I think that we live in a society that really, really prioritizes individuality in terms of this is what I want to do, so I'm going to do it. And I think that that can be good to a certain extent. But obviously, if you're getting married, it's not just about you anymore. It's about you and this other person. You're coming together and both your goals and dreams matter. And so I think for us, a big thing that is just talking about it, talking about our goals and dreams. I think moving to Dallas was a big thing because Aiden's not from here. His family's not here. It's a big move for him. And I didn't ever want to feel like I was forcing him to live here. And it's a question I get a lot. I think a lot of people think I forced him to live here, which I definitely did not do. But I just wanted to be cautious because that's a big thing. And I didn't want it to feel like me making him move here. And so we talked about it a lot. A big reason why we're here is because he got a job at a company he's always wanted to work for here He applied to a lot of different offices in like Boston, New York City, a lot in the Northeast, and ended up getting one in Dallas, which is a big reason why we're here. I was willing to move out of New York City to do that because he got that job here. And that's because I love him. And I know that he is going to do great things at this company and it's something that he's wanted. And so I'm okay with that. He's okay with moving to Dallas because he knows my family's here. He knows this job is here. He knows it'll be. Likely a lot less stressful for us living in a place like Dallas as opposed to New York City. So it'll be good for our relationship. So I think just thinking about the relationship instead of us as individuals is a big thing. But it's definitely really hard, especially when you're just dating and you aren't in a committed relationship in terms of marriage. I think it can be harder to make those decisions. So I got a question, do you think you have to be really physically attracted to your partner and also do you believe attraction can grow over time? I think physical attraction is important. I'm just going to say it. I think you need to be physically attracted to that person. But I think that physical attraction can grow over time the more you're with someone. I don't know, for me, I feel like someone is so much more physically attracted when there's also an emotional attraction. When I feel deeply connected with someone, when I know their heart, they just look more attractive (laughs) when that's there. And so I definitely think that that could grow over time. But if the physical attraction isn't growing over time, I think that that can be hard. But I'll say if you're marrying someone, you're going to be with them till you're 80. And I am not going to look the same at 80 that I do today and likely a little more wrinkly. Gravity will get the best of me. And that's just life. And I think once that wears off, you have the emotional attraction, but you're still physically attracted to someone because that's there. So yes, I think it's important, but I think that it can grow over time. So this last question I'm going to answer is how do you go about the stress of work, business, life without bringing it into the relationship? And I wanted to answer this because the past few months have been some of the most stressful in a very long time, just with like moving to Dallas with moving out of New York City and just leaving a place that we never expected to leave him starting a new job there's been a lot of just adult responsibilities that have come up and our relationship now is a lot different than it was our freshman year because we're just dealing with different things and I think the other night we were talking on the phone and I was getting a little bit worried about some stuff that we had to get done we just gotten in our car so there's a lot of paperwork we need to do and he literally just taught me, he said, can we just not talk about this right now? He's like, can we just not get stressed? Just one time. Just, can we just not get stressed, you know, right now on this call? And it was really good because it just made me realize, yes, we are not going to talk about this right now. And I think that just goes to show you're not sweeping something under the rug, like the stuff will get done. But when you're constantly just bringing things home, especially when you're working from home, it can be so hard to not bring your work life into your relationship. You just have to have times where you turn off. We have been watching Yellowstone and it's kind of been our thing to just have that moment of watching this show that's so peaceful. It's based in Montana. It's beautiful. It's very relaxing and it's kind of just the time to not talk about things and to spend time with each other and to really enjoy one another's company. And I think that having something like that to just not relate to adult things, business things, work things, whatever it may be, and just spend time with each other is really important. But that is everything I'm gonna talk about in this podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for asking these questions. I think relationships are important but so is being single like enjoy being single if you are listening to this while you're single I don't want this to make you feel bad because relationships are good but they are not everything and sometimes being single is the life so just enjoy it um I'm so thankful for you guys thank you for listening and I will see you guys and talk to you guys in my next episode bye friends